You're listening to Shalise's podcast. All right. Well, we thank you, uh, Holy Spirit, that you are here and that not only are you here, but you are in us. And I thank you that you are eager. You are eager for us to be led by you. You are ready for us to be filled with you. You are ready to do the same works through us that you did through Jesus. I thank you that we've been recreated in Christ for good works, for supernatural works, for supernatural living. And it's all because of you, Holy Spirit. And so today, as we dive in, I give you the reins. You do the talking today, Holy Spirit. You do the teaching. You enlighten the eyes of our understanding. You show us the hope of our calling. Grant unto us the wisdom and the knowledge of the Father, the wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus, the wisdom and the knowledge of you. Take us where we need to go. Shine the light on what we need to see. We're going to follow your lead, Holy Spirit. And I'm trusting you to speak to every single person, even as I'm speaking. And I thank you that you are going to catapult them into the next level of supernatural living, no matter where they are in that spectrum today. And so I bless our time together today. I yield my body as a living sacrifice. Think through my mind. Speak through my mouth today, Holy Spirit. We just uh, give you all the praise, all the glory for it. And we just are so grateful for your presence and your grace in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We've been talking about this very important topic about walking in the Spirit, about being led by the Spirit. And so we've covered a lot of ground so far in this series. We've talked a lot, actually, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the the importance of speaking in tongues. We've talked about how when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we do speak in tongues, that we have access to the mind of Christ in ways that we wouldn't if we weren't able to speak out of our spirit and be able to pray in a language that is beyond and not limited by our natural understanding. And so there's been a couple of questions that have come up on the Path to Purpose group here about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So before I jumped in to today's topic, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and answer a few of these questions. And so one of the questions I've got uh, from people is, is the question, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for everyone? Is speaking in tongues for everyone? And I understand where this question is coming from because in my own uh, Christian walk, in my own background, this wasn't something that I was taught in church. This isn't something that I was uh, exposed to really until my 30s. I mean, I do say that I had my grandmother was Pentecostal, and so she spoke in tongues, but I didn't have any teaching on it. I didn't really have any uh, understanding of it until I started uh, really getting exposed to more what we call the charismatic streams of Christianity. And so, in fact, the teaching that I had about it was like, you know, it passed away with the apostles or it's a gift of the spirit that maybe some people had. And then we also there was also teaching around like. If you, if you speak in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. And so I wanted to take you guys to a scripture today and I wanted to just answer a few of those questions before I keep going with this um, series. And so the first question of, is it for everybody? Uh, I want to take you guys to a scripture uh, that will tell you who it's for. Okay. And the scripture is in 
Mark 16, verse 17 through 18. And here's what I want to, want to say about this scripture, but let me read it first. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, okay, they shall speak with new tongues. They, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay, one of the things that I want to share with you about being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit is this concept that the Holy Spirit is the empowerment in our lives to do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the empowerment in our lives to live supernaturally. And here in this scripture, it says that those same kind of things that Jesus did will do if we believe. It says these signs will follow them that believe. So who is speaking in tongues for? Anyone that believes. Anyone that believes that speaking in tongues is for them. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. Okay, it's Mark, Mark 16, verse 17 through 18. It says when we believe, okay, we will speak in tongues. We will cast out devils. We will lay hands on the sick and they will, reco will recover. And so just like everything else in the kingdom, believing is the door that opens up the manifestation of it. In fact, do you know that unless we had heard the gospel and heard that Jesus was the son of God and that he was crucified and not just crucified for our sins and not just forgiving our sins on the cross, but that we were crucified with Jesus, that we were buried with Jesus, that we were co-associated in Christ on the cross. Do you know that we couldn't believe those things? So believing comes, number one, through understanding standing through teaching. And so just by me explaining the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you can have access to it makes it available for you. So the only thing that's required to speak in tongues is that you believe, is that you believe in the, that the day of Pentecost happened, that on the day that the Holy Spirit arrived on the planet, guess what? All 120 that were in that upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages. They began to speak in other tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, and let me just go over there so I don't misquote it. In 1 Corinthians 14, um, it says that those that speak unto God, that those that speak in other tongues, that's actually, let me just double check it here. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14, I want to make sure I'm going to the right reference here. Uh, let me, because there's things I want to talk about in 1 Corinthians 14, and there's probably things I want to talk about in uh, another chapter there. But here, here's what it says. And this is the NIV version. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. Verse two, it says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, an unknown tongue, does not speak to people, does not speak to men, but speaks unto God. Okay, so here it's telling us in First Corinthians 14 that we are to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says in another translation that we're to covet the gifts of the spirit. You know, we all know that coveting is not, uh, you know, is, is a sin unless it's related to coveting the gifts of the spirit. And so walking in the spirit gives us access to the gifts of the spirit. And it opens up the door for us to not only speak in tongues, which means that we're not speaking to people. We're speaking to God. Our spirits are speaking. We're speaking in a language that we don't understand. And we are speaking beyond our, our intellect to be able to pray, right? But it, it, it also opens up the door for signs and wonders to follow us. You know, it, Jesus said, 
said this. He said, the same works that I do, even uh, the same works you will do, and even greater works you will do. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that the Holy Spirit is the one that was working all of the miracles in Jesus's ministry. In fact, if you analyzed each of the miracles that Jesus did, they would fall into one of the categories of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, for example, when Jesus uh, met Nathaniel and he said, I saw you sitting under the tree, Nathaniel, and you are an Israelite in whom there is no guile, for example. That, th that knowledge that Jesus had about Nathaniel <clears throat> was a gift of the Spirit. It was a word of knowledge. It was information that was given to him by the Holy Spirit. Uh, another time, right, when Jesus met the woman at the well and knew that she had five husbands and the man that she was living with was not her husband. That's also a word of, of, of knowledge, meaning the Holy Spirit shared with Jesus information about this woman that his natural mind could never know. It was given to him by the Holy Spirit. And so in that scripture in Mark 16, when it says these signs will follow them that believe, they will, you know, uh, lay hands on the sick. They will cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues that, that when they drink deadly things, it won't harm them, right? Those scriptures are, are basically saying when you believe, you'll operate in the gifts of the spirit the same way that Jesus did. And signs and wonders are normal for believers. I know that it's not necessarily the experience of the average believer or the average follower of Jesus. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is of Christians that regularly, you know, see the supernatural and regularly see signs and wonders. But beloved, I want to tell you, when we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we receive the capacity to speak in tongues, guess what? The supernatural is the fruit of it. Okay, I want to just real quickly take us over to 1 Corinthians 12 this morning as well, because that's where uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the gifts of the spirit are laid out. So let's go over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to go in the, where am I going to go? I'll just go in the new King James version just to make it simple here. Okay, and here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this in verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, you know that you were, you were once Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I get a lot of this sometimes where people are saying, I don't know if what I'm speaking is speaking in tongues. I don't know if I'm making this up. I don't know if this is really God. And so the first thing I want to say is that the devil doesn't have any new tricks. Okay, and anytime we start to pursue the supernatural and we start to pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit or pursue operating in the gifts of the Spirit, there's the, the voice of doubt many times will come. The voice of doubt will say, you know what? You're just making that up. You're not hearing from God. How do you know that that is uh, the Holy Spirit that's talking to you? And I'm telling you, you can test those spirits. You can say, okay, is the voice that I'm hearing or is this thought that I'm hearing from God? 
Okay. And if the voice in your head confesses that Jesus is Lord, well, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit. If the voice in your head says, no, you don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus. Jesus isn't, you know, Jesus is made up or whatever. If it says something other than Jesus is Lord, well, then that's how you test it. Another way to know if what you're hearing is God is, is it lovely and pure? Is it of good report? What is the fruit of it? Does it, uh, does it produce, uh, peace in your heart and in your life? Because if it is an accusation, if it is, it is pointing out the faults in others, if it is, if it is negative, guess what? It's not the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not to say that the Holy Spirit sometimes, if you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, won't tell you something about someone that isn't necessarily positive. Maybe he will point out that this person is in bondage in a particular area of their life. And he'll point out that there's something negative going on in their life. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. Okay. He doesn't convict us. I mean, I don't, should I go into that right now? Um, let me just continue talking and then I'll decide if we're going to read the scripture. But the point is, is that if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you that seems to be negative about someone, it's for the purpose of edifying them. It's for the purpose of, of, of speaking truth into the situation and reminding them of who they are in Christ. Because the Holy Spirit, when it says that, when the, when scripture says that it can, he convicts us of righteousness and of sin, when the Holy Spirit comes with the, with the correction, it's always to remind you that you are in Christ, that if you are acting in a way that is not congruent with Jesus, that doesn't, doesn't, you know, conform to the image of Jesus, then you have forgotten who you are or you don't know who you are. So the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of guess what? You are righteous. You are holy and you're acting out of your true nature and out of your, you're acting not in a way that is congruent with your true nature. You are acting like an orphan. You are acting like someone who is not a new creation. You're acting like someone who hasn't ascended with Jesus and sat down at the right hand of the father in Christ. You are not operating out of your righteous identity, out of the righteousness that was given to you by faith. And so anytime you hear something that is negative, you have to realize that discerning through that is always about if it is identifying Jesus as Lord, as the person who was crucified as every single person on the planet and as the person who has recreated mankind, whether they know it or not, that that Jesus, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and that there is a new creation that is available to every human being. And so the ministry of the Holy Spirit is positive and the purpose of hearing God, the purpose of, of the gifts of the Spirit is to release heaven on earth. The purpose of prophecy is to say, Simon, you're Peter. The purpose of prophecy, the purpose of hearing God and speaking a, a piece of information about someone into, into your heart is so that you can declare the opposite because God is a God that, that, that calls things that be not as though they are. So for example, God didn't come to Gideon, Gideon through the angel and agree that, oh, he was the poorest man in his tribe. No, that he may have, you know, that might have been information about him, but it wasn't the word of God over him. And so anytime 
you get information that feels negative, then it's it, it, it you need to discern it and be like, okay, is this the Holy Spirit asking me to know this so that I can speak the true identity of Christ into this person? Or is this just the voice of the enemy, right? That accuses people and is sin conscious. So those are just a couple of like clarifications that I wanted to make as we start, you know, as we continue in this series on walking in the spirit. But I also wanted to really hone in today on this idea that our lives are supposed to be supernatural. If we are walking in the spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into situations that require the power of God. All right. We are called to confront the works of the enemy. We are called to confront Yes, the sin that we see around us, but not in order to convict people and cause them to be guilty, but to raise them to a higher standard and to prophesy and build them up and to operate in and heal what is what is being revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So if we look at the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, right, if we keep reading in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, in verse um, four, it says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, meaning the Holy Spirit wants to profit people. He wants to uh, bless people. He wants to heal people. He wants to glorify Jesus through the gifts that he is, is operating through our lives. And then it lists them out. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse eight, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Verse 10 to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another, the discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works in all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, there's a lot of teaching on the gifts of the spirit that to me is, is good, but it's just incomplete. Okay, so here's things that I want to, to know. It says that we are to earnestly covet. We're to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, meaning we are to want all of these spiritual gifts operating in our lives. We want the fullness of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit operating through us. We don't want to be just limited by human ability and human toil and human strength. No, we want the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be operating through our lives. And all nine of these gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And they are gifts in the sense that we don't earn them. There's nothing we can do besides desire them for them to operate in our lives and to just believe. Believing is the key to operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And here's the thing. The gifts are not given to us independent of the Holy Spirit. The gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can't be divided up into nine 
different, you know, gifts and then parceled out to people. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the same spirit that operates all of these gifts. Yes, there's diversity of gifts. Yes, there's different administrations of the gift, but the Holy Spirit is the one that's operating. And so we personally don't, don't say, I op, you know, I have the gift of the word of knowledge. I have the gift of prophecy. No, we have the Holy Spirit who gives us the gift of, of, of prophecy that gives us the gift. And when I say gives us the gift, it means it operates it. He opens it up and operates it through us as it's needed. And all of the gifts are available because the Holy Spirit is available. And so the question becomes, what is profitable? What is needed in the situation that you find yourself in? Right. It doesn't make sense for you to be operating in, the, you know, necessarily the gift of tongues or for someone when they need healing. I mean, I, I not that the gift of tongues is something that you wouldn't use in ministering the gift of healing in the sense that you want to you want to uh, you want to calibrate with God's mind so that you know how to pray and you know what to say. But if you're going to pray in tongues in a public setting or with someone, well, then we want to interpret that. Why? Because people don't understand what we're saying when we're speaking in tongues. So the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues could be definitely something that you use when someone needs healing. But what I guess I'm trying to make my point here of saying is that all of the gifts are available to all of us and they all operate by faith. And the reason they're available, all of the gifts are available to all of us is because it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus operated in all nine of these gifts and what gifts were operating in his life depended on what was needed in the situation and what the father was doing. Because remember, Jesus only did what he saw the father doing and Jesus only said what he uh, heard the father saying. And so the goal here is to abide in Christ, meaning we are to abide in our union with Jesus. We are to get a revelation that the gospel is the proclamation of our oneness with God, that we have become the dwelling place of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is mind blowing, you guys. We are the very temple of God. When you read in the Old Testament about the temple and how the glory of God would fill the temple and how the ministers would be able to stand and how there was the outer court and the inner court and the Holy of Holies, like that temple that was the physical place has now been replaced and it's been replaced with us. We are now the very temple that the glory of God resides in. And when people get confused about the gifts of the spirit or they get confused about speaking in tongues, it's because this illusion of separation from God has seeped in or has been programmed into them. So they have this 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 default outlook that, that the Holy Spirit is outside of them up in heaven, that God is outside of them up in heaven, that we're praying prayers that are going up to heaven and then God's coming down and answering them. You hear things like we're bombarding the gates of heaven with our prayers, right? But that is such, first of all, that is not in scripture. But secondly, it's a really bad theology because the truth is Christ dwells in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are now, it says, where the glory of God resides. Jesus says in John 17 that the glory he had with the Father, he's given unto us. In Ephesians chapter um 
Uh, one, it says that, that the, you know, that the glory of the inheritance is in the saints, right? The glory of God is in us. God is in us. And when you recognize that you have the Holy Spirit, okay, if you have confessed Jesus is who he says he is, right? If you've said Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, he was crucified, he was buried, he was raised, he ascended. If you've said that, well, guess what? You have the Holy Spirit. So speaking in tongues or operating in the gifts of healing or operating in words of knowledge or words of uh, of wisdom, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, all of these gifts of the spirit are available to you because you have the Holy Spirit. All that's left to do is know that, believe that, and activate that in your life. So the baptisms of the Holy Spirit isn't about you getting something that you don't have. It's about activating and releasing and connecting with the Holy Spirit that's already inside of you. And let me tell you, it's not about an altar call. It's not about uh, you know positioning yourself a certain way. In the book of Acts, the apostle Paul would just simply share um, or the you know the apostles in general would simply share you know, who Jesus was, that he was crucified. They would just start to share the gospel and they didn't even have people pay a prayer. I mean, the Holy Spirit would just fall on people. They would just begin to speak in tongues and nobody even asked for it. Just the revelation of the gospel caused the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. But over the centuries, since the book of Acts, we've had all of these religious types of applications of scripture come into our our evangelical teaching world. And so we have all of these formulas about how to get saved and formulas about how to receive the Holy Spirit and tearing for the Spirit and all of these things. When the truth is the Holy Spirit is inside of you, it just needs to be activated. And how is it activated? By faith. It's activated by the truth. I mean, how did these people all of a sudden start speaking in tongues and get saved without doing anything except hearing the gospel? See, there was an awakening that happened when they heard the truth and they just came into agreement. They just believed it internally. And when they were like, whoa, yeah, this is amazing, the manifestation just started to happen. And I can tell you that this, what I'm teaching you is not just my like interpretation of the scripture. This is the, the, the experience that I've had in ministry for over 20 something years, seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit, seeing people healed, see training other people how to heal the sick, training other people how to get people activated in the gifts of the spirit and propagate the same things that I'm teaching. I mean, thousands of people at this point have been activated to, to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and activated to speak in tongues in, just through my personal experience. I've got people emailing me right now every week, sending me messages on Facebook every single week, sending me different ways that they are praying in tongues, that they're speaking in tongues. Why? Just because I'm speaking about it on these podcasts and they're getting a revelation of it. And so... Every single one of the gifts of the Spirit operate the same way. So it's not just about tongues. I needed to start with that one because tongues is so powerful. And if you don't understand that, go listen to the previous episodes. I've spent a lot of time on the power of the tongue and why speaking in tongues brings us out of our natural limitation, uh, uh, the natural limitations of our mind and elevates us into the realm of the Spirit and elevates us into the realm of miracles. 
But the same is true with all of the gifts of the Spirit. I have been equipping prophetic teams and training people how to prophesy, training people how to get words of knowledge, how to get words of wisdom, how to operate in the gifts of healing. Again, for over 20 years at this point, and I have seen the most extraordinary miracles um, happen through people that I have trained. I have seen all kinds of physical healings. I've seen all kinds of supernatural ministry. Uh, we used to do some healing rooms many, many years ago when I was ministering in Colorado and we did them every Thursday night and we just equipped people to prophesy. We equipped people to pray for the sick. We actually had prophetic art there, meaning that people would receive a picture from God and either paint it or draw it and minister to people that came into these healing rooms. And these were just teams, just ordinary people, just like the disciples, just like you and me that were doing the extraordinary because they were trained and equipped, activated, and they just simply believed it. Becoming like a little child is the only thing that's required. Just letting go of all of the religious dogma that isn't even producing fruit in people's lives. Like what's the fruit of believing that miracles passed away? Like what's the fruit in believing that the, you know, tongues is just for a few people. It's, there's no fruit in that. Like God's cherry picking, like which one of his kids gets the Holy Spirit or not, or gets to do the same works as Jesus did. Uh, and, the, and, and even greater works. Like there was no caveats on what Jesus preached. He just told the disciples, as, as you go preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, uh, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers. He said, freely you received, freely give. You know, these signs shall follow them that believe, right? So it's for believers. All of this is for believers. And I can tell you time and time again, as I train people to hear God, as I train people and activate people in these gifts, people are, it gets stuck in the process of like, oh, I've never done that before. I can't do that. I can't prophesy over someone. I can't, I can't do that on demand. I can't ha lay hands on the sick and, and heal someone. And the truth is you're right. You can't, but the Holy Spirit can, and the Holy Spirit is in you. And walking in the spirit means that you have to lose your identification with a separated self and someone who is not filled with the Holy Spirit, who is not the temple of God, who does not have the same access to the Father and the entire kingdom that Jesus had because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Jesus operated. He said that, you know what? He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power. Right. And that he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. OK, let me give you that scripture from Acts just so that you have the reference. OK, um, Acts 10, 38. OK, that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about healing all that were oppressed from the devil, meaning that Jesus was operating not like God. He was operating like a human being. He was the son of man. Yes, he was fully God. Yes, he was fully human. But he operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit de de descended upon him as a dove, right? The Holy Spirit was activated in Jesus's ministry. And that is the way that we've been designed to, to function. We've been designed to function in union with Jesus as a, as a temple of the Holy Spirit operating in the gifts of the Spirit, hearing God, abiding in Christ, and releasing the supernatural the same way that Jesus did. So let's, you know, I remember when I would, you know, 
teach people to prophesy, right? People would always say, oh, I, I don't, I can't prophesy on demand. I can't hear God on demand. I can't do this. And I'd be like, well, yes, you actually can. You have the potential to do that because the Holy Spirit is in you and Jesus is in you. So you're, again, you can't, but if you will just simply associate with a Jesus, if you'll just put on Christ, right? I, the Holy Spirit told me to say, I'm Jesus in a Shalisu, right? Meaning Jesus is in me wearing my skin. And if you'll begin to believe that, well, guess what? You'll begin to actually experience that because the signs follow them that believe. And so I would simply preach the gospel people. I would say, now let's sit you down in this chair or, you know, we were doing it in person at the, in those days. And I'd say, okay, and I want you to prophesy over this person. And they would be like, oh, I can't do it. I said, like, just do it. Just say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for this person? And pretty soon they'd be like, oh my goodness, I see a, uh, a sunflower. And I'd be like, okay, well, you see a sunflower in your imagination. We'll just ask the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? And they'd say, okay, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Well, now I'm seeing it blooming and I'm seeing it turning towards the sun. And I just get a sense that you're in a season of, of, of turning your face towards God and seeking his face like never before. And as a result, you're going to bloom. You're going to come into the fullness of the stature of who you are in Christ. Now, granted, I'm just saying those words as an example, but it, it happened time and time and time again. This is why journaling is so important. When you are practicing hearing the voice of God in your journal, you're activating your spiritual senses. So you're never going to prophesy if you don't practice. You're never going to operate in words of knowledge if you don't practice. A word of knowledge is just having a, a piece of information that's, that is about something or a situation that's not coming from your own five physical senses or your human intellect. It's coming from the spirit. A word of wisdom is just knowing how to apply wisdom to whatever information the Holy Spirit has given you. Okay, so for example, I was in the grocery store one time and I passed by a guy in the produce aisle and God said, I want you to go speak to him about his son. And I'm like, okay, I don't know this guy. Okay, but the Holy Spirit's telling me he has a son. And so practicing, I've been practicing this for years, right? I knew how to approach this person without it being totally weird, right? And I just walked up to him and I said, this may sound like a really strange question, but do you have a son? Okay. The person shocked, like, yes. How do you, you know, kind of thinking, how do you know that? Why do you know that? Okay. And I had no other information at that moment, except that he had a son. And when he said, yes, I said, well, as I was walking by you, God spoke to me, and I know that may seem strange, but that happens to me a lot, and here's what I, I really feel like God wanted me to speak to you, okay? I just set it up, and I still didn't know exactly what he was going to say, but what I was going to say, but then I began to get it, right? And I began to say, it, 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 God, God has been hearing your heart about and how it's breaking because you and your son aren't in communication, but your son, does your son have a, have a, have a son? And again, I'm just getting that information from the spirit. And he's like, yes. And by this time he's blown away, right? With tears starting to well up in his eyes. And the Lord just said to me, well, as your son raises his son, he's going to start to understand things more from your perspective. And he's going to understand how difficult it is to be a father and how you did your very best. And he is going to come back and he is going, you are going to be reconciled with your son. And God just wanted me to share with you today that he has heard your heart. He's saw your pain and he wants to let you know that he's going to be faithful and restore that relationship. Okay. Like that is crazy. Now you can guess this person was act. I had their attention 
And now I could actually minister to them about their relationship with God and talk with them. And it was a completely different scenario than me handing him a tract and saying, do you know Jesus? Because if not, you're going to go to hell. Okay. A completely different scenario than me just walking up to him and saying, can I pray for you? No, the supernatural is how Jesus is supposed to be shared with people. Signs and wonders are supposed to follow us. They're supposed to be the confirmation that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is who he says he is. And Christianity without signs and wonders is just a dead religion like the rest of them. I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. He's alive in us. The Holy Spirit is real. And it is imperative that we desire, frankly, the spiritual gifts if we want to be able to live a fruitful life that demonstrates that Jesus is who he says he is. And so words of wisdom and words of knowledge operate hand in hand together. So at first, I just had a word of knowledge. This guy has a son. But then as I began to step into it, I had a word of wisdom about more information about that. And I even ended up sharing with him a, a strategy of what he was supposed to do to enter into that you know, what God is wanting to do in that situation. So words of wisdom apply to words of knowledge. Okay. And so again, those operate by faith, just like prophecy, just like uh, speaking in tongues, these signs follow them that believe. And so it's not about getting something like now I got this gift in the grocery store and now it's mine and it's mine apart from Christ. No, it was activated to profit that situation in that. And when I say profit, I mean, it was there to edify that man. And, and because Jesus operated on all of them and we are one with Jesus, we have access to all of the gifts of the spirit, but they work through practice. They work through activation. You know, a lot of um, people that we get super like um, impressed by like the accuracy of their prophecies or the accuracy of their words of knowledge, like they can get birth dates or they can get certain things. Anybody can get that accurate, but you have to, if you're going to get that accurate, it just means you have to go into it. You have to desire it. You have to cultivate it. You have to practice it. And guess what? If you're going to practice it, you also have to practice it without fear of getting it wrong. You know, I used to also lead, we used to do these, these evangelism outreaches where, outreaches where I would equip people to do supernatural evangelism, just like I'm talking about me in the grocery store, right? And in those instances, we called it happy hour because the 70 returned again with joy when they realized that the devils were subject to them in their name, in Jesus's name. And so we called it happy hour and we would go out to the mall or we would go out to public places. I, I always say, if you want to go on the mission field, just go to Walmart. Walmart is the best mission field in America. You don't have to leave the country to go on the mission field. You can step out your front door. Okay. And I'll tell you, people are starved. People need the ministry of Jesus. People need Jesus everywhere we go. And so, yes, operating the gifts of the spirit is for today. Yes. I mean, did the needs of people pass away? Did the need for healing pass away? Did the need for people to be encouraged be pass away? Did Jesus pass away? Well, yes. But did he raise again? Yes. So when you really start to think about the gospel, it doesn't even make sense. Some of this theology that we've been taught it doesn't even make sense, right? Because when you realize that you're one with Jesus and that Jesus, you were his body, that he wants to still move through us and that people are still in desperate need of Jesus. Well, who's available? Guess what? The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so walking in the spirit isn't just something that we do in the little comfort of our own little life, speaking things into existence for ourselves, and, you know, living this self-focused life. No, let me tell you, the power of the Holy Spirit is the empowerment to be a witness. 
when Jesus told his disciples, wait until you are endued from on high. And he told them that after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria in Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is the power of God coming on you to live the Christian life and to be a witness that Jesus is alive, to be a witness that proves it, that testifies of it with signs and wonders. When, when, uh, Peter and John went up to the, to the temple after, after they had been filled with the Holy Spirit and there was a beggar sitting there. Remember, they said, silver and gold, we have none, but such as we have, we give unto you. Now rise, right? And walk. Okay. Like this is what evangelism is supposed to look like. This is what, you know, just our lives are supposed to look like. We're just supposed to be seeing this stuff every single day. And the way that we do that is by walking in the spirit and by cultivating the gifts of the spirit. And so words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, the gifts of healing, right? The gift of faith, the working of miracles, all of those gifts of the spirit are functions or, or manifestations of the Holy Spirit within us. So the gift of faith, what's that? It's just all of a sudden you just are able to believe for something, something that, you know, you don't even, you didn't even try to work it up, right? It's just a gift. It's just a gift. It just came and you just knew this person was going to be healed. You just knew that God was speaking these things over them. And it's just a gift. It's a, it's a grace. It's something that the Holy Spirit just uses your body to actually release the ministry of Jesus through. Uh, and so each of them, you guys, you can pray to interpret tongues anytime. You can pray in the spirit for 10 minutes and then get in your journal and just begin to, to, to interpret that. And when I say you can do this, I'm telling you, you can do this. You can do this because Jesus lives inside of you. Now, just because you've never done it before, I get it. It's weird. It was weird when I first started seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. It was weird when I first started understanding these things, right? But there's so many, um, ways that you can practice this, right? You can, you can sit down and, and say, Holy Spirit, give me a, a word of encouragement for my friend and just listen and say, Hey, I was praying for you today. And this is what I felt like I saw and what I heard. And you can text that over to your friend or email it over to your friend, right? And this is very different. When God says, heal the sick, it's not just pray for the sick, right? You know, we have all these prayer requests that we get when people are going through things, but no healing the sick looks like, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing with this person? How do I, what do you want me to speak? How do you want me to release Jesus into this situation? And he uses our words. He uses our, uh, our spiritual senses and shows us what to say and what to pray. Okay. And this is for any situation. If you read the Gospels and you really read it from a lens of not identifying with the people that need healing, meaning when I read the story of the issue of blood, I'm not the woman with the issue of blood. Or when I read the story of the woman in the well, I'm not the woman at the issue, at the well. I'm not the blind person. I'm not the, but I'm actually looking at it from Jesus and I are one. And now we're stepping into the ministry to the woman at the well or the ministry to the blind person or the ministry to the woman with the issue of blood then it's a completely different reading of the Gospels. And I can tell you, I have trained enough people and seen enough stuff that it works. 
We even in healing classes we used to do, we used to practice being healed by the touching someone's garment, right? We would say, okay, who needs healing? Who wants to be the, who wants to, to let them be the one that the virtue goes out of? And we would bring them up to the front and we would demonstrate that the same Holy Spirit and the same virtue that was in Jesus that healed the woman with the issue of blood is in every single believer. Every believer is the body of Christ now. And it's not just a cute little term we say. No, it's the actual body of Christ. And so if Jesus can heal someone by just touching their garments, or Jesus can heal someone through someone's shadow like Peter, Peter's not more anointed than us. Peter might have more uh, information than us. He might have had more experience than us, but he's not. he doesn't have more of the Holy Spirit. Catherine Coleman doesn't have more of the Holy Spirit. Uh Heidi Baker doesn't have more of the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth doesn't have more of the Spirit. John G. Lake doesn't have more of the Spirit. Benny Hinn doesn't have more of the Holy Spirit. Like that whole idea about like the price of the anointing and all of that stuff. Now the price of the anointing was paid by Jesus. The price to be, to give you the Holy Spirit so that you could operate and do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works has already been paid. There's no other price to pay. There's no other tearing to be done. It's already finished. And all that's left to do, beloved, is hear the truth and activate it. Take a step of faith and start activating. Start walking in it. Start believing it. Start believing. I can hear the voice of God. Jesus said, the you know, that our, uh, his voice here, hear his, I mean, his sheep hear his voice. So you just start believing it. You start, and you can listen to this. I'm telling you, there's faith released just when you hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the truth, whether it's the gospel or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or teaching about healing or teaching about prophecy or teaching about signs and wonders, guess what? Faith for that comes. Truth for that comes. And so, beloved, you have the ability to walk in the spirit. You have the ability to do the same works that Jesus did. You have the ability to pray in tongues, to interpret tongues, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to do all of these things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And the only thing that's left to do is hear it and let it penetrate your heart. Just be like, wow. And just acknowledge it. Yeah, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus lives within me. Yeah, I'm Jesus in a Shalise suit. Yeah, yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you just start going. You start going trusting in the Holy Spirit, not trusting in yourself. You got to get yourself out of the way. You got to, you're not praying in your name. You got to get your, 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 unrenewed mind out of the way and you've just got to say yeah this is what the gospel teaches this is what i believe and this is what i experience why because jesus said it the apostle paul said it it's because it's true and just because i've never experienced before doesn't mean it's true right doesn't mean it's not true i mean i wasn't i wasn't didn't hear the gospel till i heard the gospel but it didn't become true when i heard it it became true for me when i heard it so this is all true for you and it's true today because you've heard it so step in beloved step 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 in and we're going to you know going to continue to equip you continue to share with you that your potential is in christ and the same works that jesus did you can do too so god bless you beloved i love you let's step into walking in the spirit and let's do the same works that jesus did in even greater ones all right god bless you have a great day thanks for listening to shalice's podcast this recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. 
You can also find a link there to download Shalisa's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.